Welcome back, everybody, to StadiaCast episode 72. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? Not much. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Bill. Hopefully everybody's having a fine Sunday morning or evening if you're on the other half of the world. <laughs> Happy time zone is the thing that I personally like to say because that covers <laughs> right. all of the bases and it makes every day kind of seem like a holiday. Uh, before mm. we get started uh, on StadiaCast and all of the uh, Stadia news, this is the place that you want to come for all of your Stadia news is right here. Uh, you can either download this show by heading to anchor.fm slash StadiaCast, uh, subscribe to it in your favorite uh, podcasting app that you prefer, or you can watch us on YouTube. We do sh- we do this show live on our YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash StadiaCast every single Sunday morning, 10 a.m. So if you are here for the first time, make sure that you click on all of the YouTube buttons because those things really do help. And... Um, uh, Before we get started, I just want to let all of the live people know that at the second half of the show, we each and every episode, we have what we call crowd play, where we respond to the super chats that have come in. Uh, This is because there's usually too much chat going by for us to keep up with it all. So, uh, you know, use those super chats. We'll respond to each and every super chat that comes in in the second half of the show. And that does support us as well. And if you're not here live and you want to support us, Check out the member button, or I'm sorry, the join button down below. You can become a member, and uh, if you click on that button, it'll tell you all the reasons why you should. Uh, let's start off with what we always start off with is what have we been playing? So, Lloyd, what have you yes, been sir. playing this week, man? Uh, I'm playing a lot of ESO, like usual. That's <laughs> kind of my go-to game. That's my that's the game I'm married to. Um, there's like that you have. Every, I, I, show is it i think it's dlc yeah jeff canada says you have games you're married to then you have games that you're dating so married to (laughs) is like games that you have for a long time and then the dating games are just like little little like weekend uh weekend things where you go to have a good time not that you date and marry at the same time so it's a weird analogy but anyway that that aside um eso is the game that i'm definitely um married to these days playing a lot of that um but i did pick up uh spirit fair I was uh, lucky enough to get a, a, re- a review copy of that game, and I've been playing a lot of it after checking it out for a short period of time on Xbox um, Game Pass. But it uh, obviously is way better in um, on Stadia because I can play it on any screen, and um, I am absolutely in love with Spirit Fair. So. If you haven't watched my first look, go check out the first look. Uh, I did the voices, so some people are saying it's cringeworthy. So if that bugs you, you might want to skip forward to the gameplay because um, there's a lot of text at the start of the game. But uh, Spirit Fair is this like really cool, super, um, I, I don't know, art, artsy sort of looking game. It look it reminds me very much of like uh, Japanese animation style, like old uh, Miyazaki films, um, like Studio Ghibli kind of stuff. It's not quite that for the character designs, but kind of the world and and the colors and everything is there. Um, and basically, you are <clears throat> a little girl, and you have a cat, and you are tasked with becoming the fairy man or fairy lady, I guess, of uh, the arc that brings people to the afterworld. So you meet uh, Sharon, and he says that uh, you're now the spirit fairer, and uh, you get his power. And basically what your gameplay is, is you have a boat, you can build on the boat, build different, um, I don't know, rooms and crafting stations and various other things to, um, uh, I guess, go forward with the story. Uh, but what you're trying to do is go uh, from on your boat from island to island to island, uh, meeting um, souls that have a problem. So it'll be like one guy is like, oh, I like your hat. I really wish I had a nice hat. Do you have a hat? No? Okay, well, if you find a hat, let me know if you find a hat. And um, and then eventually, you'll be able to recruit that person uh, okay. to, your, to your ship. So each of them has like a little, uh, has a problem. And once you solve that problem, they come aboard your ship. And then they have a whole new set of problems and wants that you have to fulfill before they're happy enough. And I, I guess the uh, the end of the game is basically taking all these friends that you've made. Um, and I think it's kind of a I don't know, it's kind of an analogy for uh, for your lifetime. You build up friends throughout your lifetime and then you have to say goodbye at the end. So I'm assuming that the end of the game is bringing everybody to the uh, the infinity gates and they will uh, 
they will they will go on to the afterlife but the game is just so cheery uh like you can hug everybody like the one of the main mechanics of the game is keeping people hungry or happy rather uh they could be hungry they could be grumpy they could be um sad about the weather um and you basically go and you feed them or whatever and they have different wants for the food and then you can give them hugs and each of the characters uh have they're different sizes different shapes different creatures and you give them hugs and it just looks like the most warmest hug ever and i just kind of want to hug everybody that is there you can even hug your little cat that is uh that is following you around uh the game has the game also has a co-op where one person can be the cat running around and doing things but my god um <clears throat> the game is just so so heartwarming and uh, like I, I smile so much when I'm playing the game. You can, um, you can go fishing. You can spend time growing food. You can do this, that, and the other thing. Um, it's just such a wonderful, heartwarming game, and I'm super, super glad that I'm playing it. And I can't wait to progress uh, further uh, and and beat this title because it just is one of those games that uh, just kind of. I don't know, gets its hooks in and you just can't think about anything else but playing that game. And that's what Spirit Fair has been for me. So um, definitely check out my first look if any of this sounds interesting and see if maybe this is a game that you'd want to check out on Stadia. You've almost got me sold on it. Like I I looked at it when, when I first saw it announced, I looked at it and I said, okay, this game looks like the kind of game that I've I've run into a million times before where... I see it and I say, oh my God, I'm going to love this game so much. And I play it and for the first hour or so, I'm completely enamored with it, but it (laughs) it falls off pretty quickly. Uh, And so looking at that game, that's what it it felt to me like. Uh, But hearing you talk about how charming it is really makes me want to jump into it. The thing that I find most intriguing about it is the animation style, everything. Not just the art style, but the animation is so fluid and dynamic it feels like i'm watching an old school disney movie uh the way back back in the good old days when they were hand drawn uh it's just (laughs) amazing uh the art style that they have for spirit fair so i'm curious what everybody thinks about that particular game uh let us know in the comment section down below if you're watching this on uh youtube um like you I also have been playing uh, Elder Scrolls Online. We did a couple of trials yesterday with our Nerd Nest Guild, which if you are interested in joining that, um, make sure you check out the link in the description down below that will take you to our community Discord server. Um, But I'm having an absolute blast with that game. It's still just so amazing. But like last night as I was... uh, I I was really kind of wishing that there were we had more options for um for MMOs on Stadia. Uh right now the only real options are Destiny 2, uh The Division 2 and uh Elder Scrolls Online and and all three of those are fantastic games, but what I really really want is Final Fantasy 14. I want Final Fantasy 14 to come to Stadia. Um, Q Kodiak Moonwolf in chat saying yes, 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 or something like that. Um, so I, I can't wait for that game to come to Stadia. I right. anticipate that it will. Uh, Yoshi P, the guy who's in charge of that game, has said he wants it on all platforms. And really, the the big obstacle in the way of getting that game on all platforms was Sony saying you can't have crossplay, and he said we won't go anywhere. That we can't have crossplay. Well, right. Sony has kind of taken that requirement out, and I didn't even plan on talking about this, so I just kind of wandered into this topic. But Final Fantasy fourteen, Square, uh, please bring that to Stadia. Square's been a big, a big uh, supporter of Stadia so far, so I think it's only a matter of time before we get that game. Uh, what I have yep. been playing, other than Elder Scrolls Online. Is I've been playing um, some multiplayer just shapes and beats with my son. Uh, we sat down and we but we have two controllers in the house, so we um, started playing. I cannot play that game multiplayer. My brain can't handle the fact that there's <laughs> two characters walk are moving around on the screen. I found myself constantly looking at the wrong character and then getting killed. 
my son was doing absolutely just fine. Uh, he had zero problems, but I, I guess my old, uh, old, my, my kids are always picking on me. They, you know, they say old man with a gray beard. Uh, so <laughs> the old man with the gray beard just can't handle all of the things on the screen at the same time. And I kept looking at the wrong character. But man, Just Shapes and Beats is fantastic. It's such a great game. I don't think I'm ever going to get any further in it um, because I'm just not good enough. But it's awesome. And I know that there's like assistant modes or something like that. You can make it uh, easier. Uh, but um, it's just such a really, really cool game. But those are the two games that I really focused on uh, this week. I also played a couple of games on my Switch because I had to do first looks on my for my other channel. But... Uh, for on Stadia, that's pretty much all that I've been playing. And uh, let's let's um, let's move on to the news. All right, and we're back with the news. L- listen, uh, we've, there's a lot to talk about uh, today. Uh, first off, I want to talk about the game that I've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for, and um, and that's PGA Tour 2K21, which I still haven't played, and I'll explain why uh, in a little bit. But PGA Tour 2K21 is finally out, uh, but it had kind of a, a, a rough launch. Um, the game came out... Well, first off, the game was supposed to come out at a certain time, and then it didn't show up. And then I guess 2K Games tweeted about it and they said, actually, it's going to be a little late. And then they got it. They got it posted. And everybody, I was busy, uh, but everybody was like, um, anybody else stuck at the loading screen for like, I don't know, forever or whatever? Uh, and yep. so I guess everybody was stuck at the loading screen. It was just frozen there and it wouldn't go anywhere. And so Grace from Google. Um, she did an update. Excuse me. Uh, she responded to everybody's um, uh, complaints and said, basically, the Stadia team is launching a deeper investigation into this issue that will involve a temporary removal of PGA Tour 2K21 from the Stadia store. We'll do our absolute best to get this back in the store as soon as possible, which... I think is the absolute best thing that they could do is take that game, remove it from the store so that people don't buy it and then can't use it. Uh, And then she gave a, a, then she said, here's an official tweet from uh, the 2K tours uh, PR team, basically. And for some reason that's taking forever to load in. It says, we are aware that some players are unable to play the game on Stadia. The issue is being investigated and we'll post an update as soon as we have more info. Uh, fast forward to update number three. Um, Grace from Google, who's awesome, she said, hey, don't worry, I'm still checking in with the team. I'll let you know as soon as I know something. And then finally, um, at 6.11 p.m. that day, so this was like a six-hour uh, issue, apparently, Uh, She said, hey, everyone, great news. The team was able to pinpoint the issue, and PGA Tour 2K21 is now back on the Stadia store. I understand this whole situation was very frustrating and less than ideal. Sorry for the bogey. I applaud her her use of golf terms in there. And uh, cue everybody being surprised that I understand that that was a sports term. Um, (laughs) For for that, I thank you all again for your patience as we looked into the issue. Happy, I'm sorry, enjoy teeing off uh, this weekend and grab those Eagles, yet more sports terms. Uh, So, Lloyd... They kind of had a, you know, they they kind of had a stumbling. Uh, they stumbled right out of the block with um, with this game. Uh, what do you think of the way that um, Google and Two K Games handled it? Uh, I, I think that's the best way you can do it. Is you you're in constant communication with your audience. Um, the only issue that I see is that they were only doing those updates on Reddit, which is maybe, I don't know, a a single digit percentage of your customer base might be following this. It would have been better if there was um, updated communication on Facebook and Twitter and all the other social platforms. That aside, I I think this was the the best way that they could do it. It it sucks. And 
um, when when this first happened, Bill and I are talking. It's like, how did this get past QA and blah, 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 blah. And we're like coming up with ideas of how it could have happened. And it looks like this isn't for sure. And I haven't heard from the developers or anybody at Google. Um, but just from seeing what people are saying that what could have been the issue is if you were a founder, you had issues loading into the game. Um, but then there's some people that are, that said that they're not founders and we're still having issues early on. So maybe that's not it. Um, so I was thinking about that and I'm like, okay, well, founders don't have numbers at the end of their user ID. So maybe the game was made in such a way that it was looking for username, uh, pound sign, four numbers. And mm. you would you would have a founder's ID that was username, pound sign, nothing. And maybe that was causing the game to freeze. Um, if that's the case, uh, <laughs> I can understand Y2K. that. <laughs> I, I, I could understand exactly Y2K bug. Uh, or, <laughs> but I can understand why that would happen because it, a development account would probably have the four numbers after it. It would probably be something like 2K dev, pound sign 0001 all the way up to 100 or however many dev accounts they have. So when you're going through testing, maybe that didn't happen. Um, but then at the end of the day, I'm hearing other communications that maybe that wasn't the case. So it's one of these things that a game was released live. They had a bug and it's like, oh, crap. Um, you have the the developers are like, what's happening? Stadia is like, what's happening? The users are like, what's happening? And in about six hours, they got it up and running on the store. So that is a that is a a monumentous amount of work from Google and from the developers to get the game fixed, patched, and updated uh, quick enough so that they can post it to the store. So um, just amazing that they were able to get it working. But now people are saying that there's online issues. So uh, I, I think 2K has a little bit more work to do on uh, on this title, unfortunately. Well, and just to be clear to everyone, uh, this is a game that is published by 2K Games, but it is not made by 2K Games. It is, it is essentially the Golf Club series. Uh, I guess I've not played any of the Golf Club games, and I love that name for a game, Golf Club. That's like the, the funniest thing ever. Um, <laughs> but um, this is essentially Golf Club 3. And then 2K Games said, we'll publish it for you. And they said, okay, so and why wouldn't you do that if you are the developers? You get, like, you get to have your game, and you get all of the recognition of 2K21 at the end of, of your game, I think that that's kind of huge. But um, uh, you know what? The thing that I like about how they handled this is that they were kind of doing it in public. It does. It, it would have been much better had they been saying more. The, or the official Stadia Twitter was saying more on Twitter. However, even with what we saw, there were a vast number of people. The, the you know the people who are waiting for Stadia to fail, going oh lol lo, Stadia can't get it right blah blah blah. This has nothing to do with Stadia yeah. getting something wrong, uh, or or maybe it does. I don't know. But this is listen. There have been plenty of times where a game has shipped and it has not worked on day one. Um, that's just that's just the real the reality that we unfortunately live in now because games can be patched. They they yep. have they they have the ability to ship a game when maybe they shouldn't, maybe they shouldn't, uh, and then patch it later. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have shipped PGA Tour 2K21 because guess what? It, it was it, it was six hours later that they were mm -hmm. able to get it uh, uh, working. So. I think that uh, I like the way that they handled it. I like that they were um, up out there with their information. Um, there are some people who are saying, well, you know, give me something for my six hours. And I think you have to say, all right, just relax, will you? Um, <laughs> yeah, at yeah. most, I think maybe they should give out a hundred of the, like a very small amount of whatever virtual currency is in the game so you can buy a polo. Or, you know, one of the things that I remember... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about cats at the beginning of the show. There was there was this uh, game that I was playing called Neverwinter. Um, it, it's, uh, it's an MMO, and uh, they had this huge problem on... They had, like, some, hol some holiday in the game that was sent themed around cats, and the, the, the game just didn't work 
at all. There was all kinds of problems. And so they gave everybody like these capes that had like a cat on it as like, I survived the catastrophe <laughs> or whatever it was. So right. at most, I think that people could get like a shirt that said, you know, I survived the Stadia launch or like a Stadia <laughs> hat or something in the game that doesn't doesn't do anything. Uh, but I think that overall, I think it was handled pretty well. And I can't wait to play this game. I've been watching Twitch streams and somebody might say, well, Bill, how come you haven't bought it yet? Well, I reached out to our contact at Google and I said, hey, it would be really cool if if we could get some some codes to play this game. And now Lloyd and I are under no impression that we are entitled to codes, but they said, oh, yeah, we'll put you on a list. And mm -hmm. so now I'm like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to buy the game and then have them send me the code. So I'm kind of in this holding pattern and I've been watching, I've been Waiting watching people. Monday. Yeah. I've been watching people play the game on Twitch and I'm just like, this game looks like so much fun. Uh, although <laughs> do, like, do, do you know anything about the, the way that you play this game, Lloyd? Uh, you hit a ball with a stick and you try to get it in a hole and well, you use buttons on your controller or ah, you use the stick. You use, the, use stick. the stick. You have to, you have to like pull back on the stick and then push it forward. So you've got like a backswing and a forswing, uh, ups, uh, what do they call it? You got a backswing and then your, yeah. I guess swing is the your swing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you got your backswing and your swing and, and then, it looks really cool. Like they, they, they've got like a little circle in the bottom corner and you do your backswing and your forswing. And uh, like, there's a little traced line that shows you how you've done. And I just think that I'm looking forward to this game so much. I can't wait to play it, but I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. wait because I don't want to spend the money and then find out that I didn't need to, cause it is a lot of money. And, uh, you know, yep. 60 bucks for a game, while I think is uh, perfectly reasonable, it's $60 mm -hmm. that I don't want to spend. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the game, the game itself looks just absolutely fantastic. I was a big fan of Golf Club uh, um, when it was out. I never played it, uh, but I used to watch people stream it. Um, there, there's a local um, uh, sports radio station in Winnipeg and... Um, the people that were the the hosts on that radio station were always talking about like oh breezy bend golf club and and kildonan park golf club and this one and this one and those are all winnipeg golf clubs and i'm like why does this video game have all these winnipeg golf courses in it and it's like oh yeah that's right there's user generated content in the golf club so there was uh there was golf um golf courses from all over manitoba that were in this game uh, that you could download and, and check out um so i used to watch them play uh, some of the I, I haven't golfed in years, but I used to golf every once in a while and I would see uh, a user user created version of a course that I spent many hours on. And I'm like, holy crap, that is really, really cool. Um, the game itself looks beautiful. The controls look really interesting. Um, I understand that if you don't like that whole stick mechanic, I think you can turn it off or you can go into simplified mode, I believe. Uh, oh, don't okay. quote me on that because I haven't played it, um, but I, I, I believe you can do that. Um, so yeah, it looks like a great game. It's one of those things where I would have bought it on day one, um, but I'm playing through Spiritfarer and I don't really have time for another game right this second. Uh, as soon as I get a little bit further in, um, Spiritfarer, I might jump into this one because while I'm not a big sports video game fan, I'm a huge sports fan. I watch sports all the time. I just don't find sports video games a lot of fun. Uh, the whole, uh, club mechanic with this one and be able to create um like almost like a guild and have um matches together have tournaments all that fun stuff uh looks like it could be something that's a lot of fun for the stadia cast community so i'm really looking forward to eventually picking this one up and and playing it with uh, listeners and people on our discord and if you have the game already and you were looking for other people to play with um and you're watching this on youtube look in the look at the link in the description down below uh, and you can join our Discord community. There's over 1,500 people in there. Uh, get in there, talk about video games, and of course, find somebody to play some golf with because I think that this game is going to be really popular. The, the one thing that I wish it had, and I've, I've been watching some streams that, uh, and asking people about, uh, I wish it had asynchronous multiplayer. So I could like do uh, a yeah. tournament and say, "Hey, everybody, we're all going to play on this uh, this course, and we'll all have the same exact uh, things. Like, you know, the wind will be seven 
uh, miles per hour coming from the northeast on hole one and on hole two, this and that, and yep. it'll be raining when you get to the 18th hole or something. <laughs> like, we'll all play on the same exact course, and we'll all play uh, at, at some time from Monday until Saturday, and then the winner will be crowned. I think that that would be really awesome, but uh, mm -hmm. a couple of the people that I've spoken to who've been playing the game have said, no, the multiplayer is in real time, so everybody has to be playing at the same time. That is the one thing right. that I would change about this game that I haven't even played yet, but uh, I, you know what? I'm looking forward to it, and uh, only time will tell uh, how awesome yeah. that this game is. Okay, look, it, we've been waiting for this since Stadia first launched. It took eight months for this to <laughs> finally come to Stadia, and I don't understand why, uh, but that's right. Doom 2016 is finally on Google Stadia. Um, Lloyd, why do you think it took them so long uh, to bring this game to, uh, <laughs> to Stadia? I don't know, because we, we got... Um, like a bunch of different like stories of people first checking out the streaming tech for Stadia, and this was the game that a lot of people were were being shown was the original Doom 2016, maybe just a slice of the game, uh, and then it was Assassin's Creed, and this was pre Stadia name that that um, this was happening, and then eventually it went from Doom 2016 to Doom Eternal. So maybe they started work on this, and they said, you know what, we're gonna get our new game running on Stadia. So maybe they had a lot of polishing to 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 do to get it going and uh, the development team is working on getting doom eternal working on all the different platforms not just stadia so maybe that's part of it but um it was my understanding that the game was done like so long ago but that may not be accurate because of course we don't have any ears with the development team um but i'm i'm really glad that the game is on stadia this is one of my favorite uh first person shooters of all time um i got the platinum for this game on playstation uh, i loved it uh just played so much this game back in the day and uh i'm really glad that it's on uh, stadia for people that maybe haven't experienced it yet yeah um so up until doom eternal came out this was my favorite single player and i'm going to stress single player because if you were talking about um multiplayer first person shooters then overwatch is my favorite but this is my this was my favorite single player first person shooter of all time right up until Doom Eternal came out, and then that became my favorite. <laughs> Doom 2016 is fantastic, and there's people in chat that are saying, you know, I've played Doom Eternal. I'm not sure I can go back to an older version. You can. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, this has a lot less platforming. I know that there were people uh, in our community Discord who were like, I love Doom Eternal, but I can't get the platforming right. I'm just I'm having trouble with that. Uh, this has way less platforming in it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I would say that this is also a lot easier than Doom Eternal. Um, yeah, Doom Eternal I is mean, really hard. This is almost like a completely entirely different game uh, mm -hmm. when you compare the two between Doom Eternal. Other than you have shotguns and you're shooting demons in the face, uh, Doom Eternal is very much puzzle-solving, uh, vertic verticality, um, not so much like going through, um, like I don't know, huge huge areas of tunnels and things like that a lot of the stages are built on top of each other with having to go up like five floors do something then go down to the first floor have a battle go up to the third floor uh, doom 2016 is very much you're at the start of the stage you know you have to get to the end of the stage and it's basically going through it as fast as you can to to get to the end and beat the final boss so they're almost entirely different games um so if you liked eternal and you think this is going to be um, kind of like a backpedal? It's not. It's it's an entirely different game, and it's more like old Doom games. So mm -hmm. if you enjoyed Doom One, Two, and Three, Doom Twenty Sixteen is that. It's that distilled down to its um, I don't know concentrated awesomeness. Uh, and then Doom Eternal was taking what all those games did and then adding other stuff to it to make it different. Um, so yeah, don't don't hold back on this one just because you played the newer one. And I would 100% agree with that. And it's, I think, what is it, 20 bucks? Yeah, I'm looking, yeah, $20, $25 in Canada. So it's uh, it's great to see a platform where you get an old game released and it's not like $60. Because we're so used, to, uh, Bill and I doing Nintendo shows forever. 
a game would come out a year after every other platform it would be fifteen dollars twenty dollars on those platforms and then it would it would drop on switch and it was 60 bucks and it's like oh my god why i'm not gonna buy this if i could just go buy it on my playstation for 20 i'm not gonna pay 60. um this was the the right price to uh to drop it um, oh. drop it down on the stadia Although even if it was 60 bucks, I would still recommend it because mm. if you've never played it, the game is new to you. I, I always have a, the, I, I see people make this argument of this is an old game. It shouldn't cost full game price. And I do understand that because, you know, the publisher and developers have already made their money on it. And this is all bonus. But guess what? Porting a game does take resources. So I perfectly... I think it's perfectly reasonable for game, and this is a very unpopular opinion. I think it's perfectly reasonable for games to come out on a new platform at full price. And people always hate me for saying that. And the reason I think it is because if you've already played the game on some other platform, then why are you buying it again anyway, other than you have some kind of compulsive itch to buy every single game? Um, and, and this, you know, this, you know, Lloyd, you mentioned Nintendo. This is the same kind of thing that we're always seeing on Nintendo where, you know, Nintendo is, you know, porting Pikmin to the Nintendo Switch and everybody's like, why is it $60? Well, because they did a bunch of work on it. <laughs> and, yeah. you you know, if you were going to buy it at the cheaper price, you probably already would have. Um, so I think that I think it's amazing that that they're selling this for 20 bucks. I figured it would probably be 40. Uh, and mm -hmm. so having it be half that price is pretty, uh, pretty awesome. And I think that they probably could have had the game come out at 40 with a, uh, a Stadia Pro discount of 20. Uh, and yep. they would have sold a whole bunch of them and then been able to remove that. Um, that uh, what's the word I'm that that discount for anybody who's not a pro member and they would have made even more money. So I look doom 2016 is fantastic. Go buy it. If you haven't, if you like first person shooters, this is a really, really fantastic game. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. There's a lot of chat in the chat room and I've seen in the discord and on Reddit, it's like, well, I'm not buying this. It's going to be a pro title next month. And uh, you know what? I, I I think I think that is possible, um, but also there's a lot more games coming. There's a lot more games on Stadia. So gone are the days where a game drops on a, a Friday and then the next Wednesday we find out that it's going to be a pro title burning the, the first week of people that bought the game. I, I think those days are done um, just because of the, the sheer amount of content that we have on Stadia now compared to earlier. So if you're only holding off because you think it's going to be free in air quotes down the road, um, that might not be the case for this one, so you'll have to uh, you'll have to make your decision accordingly. And if it becomes a pro, if you buy it and it becomes a pro game, guess what? You got to play it and you yep. had fun with it. And just because it's now available for other people for free doesn't actually take anything away from that. Um, Jason Brown is asking a really good question. Uh, before we move on, he says, "I have Doom 2016 on on my Switch. Is it worth the upgrade?" Uh, so for Jason, I don't know because I haven't played it on Switch. I only played it on uh, PC. And I'll say that by all accounts, um, the team that did the port to the Nintendo Switch did a fantastic job getting that game to run on uh, essentially a tablet, which it, 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 it's a feat of engineering that I can barely understand that they were able to do. Uh, it's just amazing that they were able to do that. Um, so, Lloyd, do you think, because really what you're getting is a faster frame rate and better graphics, do you think that this is worth upgrading to Stadia from the Nintendo Switch version? Or what's your opinion on this? Uh, I, I don't know. A lot of people enjoyed the multiplayer and stuff. Um, I, I don't know how... Um, how I don't know, populated that multiplayer is going to be on this one. Uh, if you've already played it on another platform and you want to play it again, um, having it uh, in 4K uh, blasting to you over the internet um, on a 4K screen might be awesome. Um, but if you already played the game, uh, I don't I don't know if there's any reason to rebuy it when there's so many other titles that are coming uh, this month, next month. Uh, it's going to be an expensive couple months if you <laughs> are buying all the games that are coming out on Stadia. 
All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we've got some uh, some rumors that have turned into sad news. Stick around, everybody. Okay, so I'm going to start with the rumor. Uh, there was a rumor from Idle Sloth 84, and they had a quote-unquote leak, and here's what they had to say uh, in this leak, which is really loading slowly. Thank you, Twitter, for that. Uh, so here's what it says. Uh, there's a bat, there's a new Batman game called Gotham Knights. It's made by WB Montreal. It's a large open world city divided into a whole bunch of districts. There's four main playable characters, uh, Batman, Nightwing, Robin, and Batwoman. Uh, and then Harley Quinn is a bonus pre-order character. Uh, you can switch between those characters at any time, like in GTA V. Uh, the main antagonist is the Court of Owls. Um, let's see, it's coming early 2021 to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Steam, Epic, and Stadia. Uh, and then there's also another game called basically Kill the Justice League, uh, where you play as the Suicide Squad, and it's basically the same game, just skinned where you're going, you know, you've got different characters. This is, this is essentially Pokemon, where they've got they're selling you two versions of the same game, in my opinion. Uh, this one is coming late in 2021 or 2022 to PS5, Xbox Series X, Steam, Epic, and Stadia. That is the rumor that turned out to not be true. Although, let's just all relax for a second, because there's there's a lot of people I see who are worked up about, uh, about this. So then Gotham Knights... Uh, was announced at the the DC whatever thing that was happening. I don't know anything about it except for I know that there were a lot of movie trailers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad games uh, it were announced. Was there a Suicide Squad game announced as well? I know there was a I, Gotham Knights one. Uh, there was. Um, what's the other one called? It's the yeah, kill kill the Justice League. Oh, okay. There's some so, info that came out of that one. Yeah. All right. So every Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Right. So everything that they said was true except for one thing, and that's if you go to the official website um for Gotham Knights and you scroll all the way down to the bottom, uh, which I'm doing now, it says PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and PC digital download. Uh, it doesn't say anything about stadia there and of course as soon as that happened there were a lot of people who were very very irritated because this doesn't have the logo for stadia at the end lloyd what do you think yep. about this um it's th there's two outcomes either it is coming for stadia and they just don't know that it's going to be launching on time so they're not putting the logo there or it's not coming for stadia it's kind of one or the other um I, I wouldn't be surprised to see these on Stadia. Maybe not day and date. Um, it looks like a lot of developers, um, if they're if they're separating their development into last gen and next gen, um, they add Stadia into that mix as well because they want to have all of the older generation of consoles covered. Uh, of course, Stadia could then be upgraded and become a new gen um, console, but for for the initial release, uh, it could be there as well. Um, so maybe the leak. The leak was accurate at one time. Maybe the plans were for Stadia, uh, but then things just went south and they decided, you know what, we're not going to be able to get this game done in time. Let's uh, let's cut one of our platforms and not not release it on Stadia. Yeah, and I think that it's perfectly reasonable for, um, and this is not going to be popular with our audience, but I think it's perfectly reasonable for a developer to say, the audience isn't there right now. Uh, we're going to have to save money because right now, um, companies that make games are struggling. They have not, they don't have the income that they are used to having because the games aren't shipping uh, when they are supposed to. But keep in mind, WB Games has been a supporter of Stadia. We have Mortal Kombat on Stadia. I yep. do expect that this game comes at a later date. Of course, there's going to be people who are going to say, well, now, hold on a second, Bill. It's not good enough for it to come later because I want it now. And why is Stadia getting treated like second-class citizens or whatever it is that the argument that they make? And mm -hmm. what you have to remember is that development takes a long 
long time. So this game, if it's coming out in 2021, they've been working on it for probably three or four years already, and Stadia has only really been around for eight months. So for them to have this game launched day and date, is it that's a tall order. And I understand when developers and publishers say, you know what? We're not going to be able to do it. So let's not make any announcement now, especially after they've seen the the backlash that that like you know Cyberpunk has had where they they put the the Stadia logo on there and people assume things um which I will say <laughs> their website could uh, you know kind of bit them in the in the rear end there. Um <laughs> so you know WB Games is saying, "You know what? Why don't we just not put it on there?" And later on, when we're ready to launch it on Stadia, we can say, and by the way, now it's on Stadia. Uh, so then there's going to be people who are going to say, well, but I just bought it on uh, my PS4, so now I'm not going to buy it on Stadia. Okay, nobody's asking you to. Um, yeah. There, there's the, the argument that people are going to say to that is, well, if the game doesn't launch day and date, that hurts Stadia as a platform. And I can understand that, but you're thinking in short term and you have to remember that Stadia is a long term kind of thing. And because it's a long term sure. kind of thing, it doesn't have that end date. It doesn't have that end date where Stadia 2 comes out and Stadia 1 is obsolete and nobody's going to buy it anymore. So, sure, all of those things are true. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's actually going to hurt Stadia in any in the long term. Yeah. And it, it could also be that, as we've seen before on the platform, um, the initial the, the initial announcement of a game doesn't have a Stadia logo. And then all of a sudden, down the road, a month later, three months later, six months later, there's a, there's a Stadia Connect and that game is all of a sudden part of it. So maybe they're holding off uh, releasing it because they're either not sure or maybe there's a Stadia Connect coming soon and they want to announce this game there. Like, Things happen in the industry. So just because it doesn't have the logo now doesn't mean it won't be there um, at, at the end when the game actually ships. But it is kind of disappointing to see more and more next-gen games announced without that Stadia logo. So hopefully that isn't something that we uh, run into for, for very much longer. Hopefully we get a lot more Stadia uh, logos on all these new trailers as they come out. Right, and and don't think for a second because of what I just said that I don't want these games to come to Stadia. It is my platform of choice. The Stadia controller is the controller that I like to use so much so that even though uh, Elder Scrolls Online looks better on my computer, um, uh, has a higher frame rate on my computer, I prefer to play it on Stadia because A, I like the controller better than my Xbox controller, and B... I can play it on all of these different screens. So it's really more about convenience for me. So don't don't think just because I said all of those things that I don't want Gotham Knights to come to Stadia because I do want Gotham Knights to come to Stadia. I want all the games to come to all of the platforms so that people can play the game that they want on the platform that they prefer. And I think that uh, that's, that's the way that it's going to happen probably next year or the year after. Um, mm -hmm. People are just a little less patient than I think that they should be. All right, the next game that I want to talk about is basically, I feel like Windbound is that, that game that looks like Breath of the Wild. And uh, it looks really, really fantastic. Um, Windbound, uh, they, they, and this is going to be a short segment, but they had a, well, we'll see. Uh, they tweeted out <laughs> this uh, very interesting tweet. They said, so many of you have been talking to us over the past few months about Windbound bonus DLC. We can't thank you enough for your patience. Here's how you can secure Kara's Ancestral Gear bonus DLC items alongside your Windbound purchase across all playable platforms. And they then talk about pre-orders. And immediately when I hear that, I think, okay, it's a pre-order bonus, which I'm never a fan of pre-order bonuses at all. I don't mm -hmm. like pre-order bonuses. It, it bugs me that that's the, the route that we go. But, you know, that's a different discussion. Um, and then everybody on Stadia is kind of screwed because pre-order bonuses aren't, like you can't have pre-orders yet on Stadia. Um, so what happens there? Well, 
you know, Windbound is addressing that. They said on Xbox One, uh, PC, and Nintendo Switch, if you pre-order, um, sorry, I clicked a button and it got it moved things. If you pre-order or purchase Windbound, uh, if you pre-order it, you get that stuff on Xbox One and PC. On Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Stadia, um, you can get it if you pre-order. Uh, you get that stuff, or if you buy the game within the first two weeks of launch, and uh, that gives you that stuff at no extra cost. So uh, basically, launches on September 10th. You have two weeks after September 10th to pick up the game, and you get the extra bonus stuff that I don't care about, really. Uh, But I do know that there's a lot of people who do care about that stuff, and not yeah. being able to pre-order games on Stadia is something that uh, people don't like. Well, go ahead, Lloyd. The looks like the launch is August twenty eighth, and then you have until September tenth oh, to purchase the, okay. the stuff. I mi- I misunderstood what I was reading. That's that's mm-hmm. why I have Lloyd is to fix things when I mess mess things up. Are you interested in this game, Lloyd? I I am. I really want to play this one. It reminds me a lot of um, Zelda, of course. Um, it, it it looks really good uh, for me. The pre-order bonus isn't super exciting it's just cosmetic stuff um so it's not it's nothing that i'm really gonna get get upset about but i understand that there are people that like specific games and they want every single thing in the game they want to have access to all the things and and i get that i'm a completionist in a lot of my titles so i fully understand that so um stadia just needs to add pre-orders like i don't I don't understand why it's not there already, but I'm not the I'm not the engineer in charge of creating a, a store and an ecosystem and and all the back end stuff that needs to be uh, created for this to happen. So I'm sure that will come in time. Uh, it the pre-orders were were not on any platform at launch <laughs> except for maybe the Nintendo Switch. Every other platform that is current, I don't believe had pre-orders. So uh, or maybe Xbox One did. Well, they had. They didn't have digital pre-orders, but they. Yeah. You, know, you could. But you could pre-order stuff That's in right. the store. That's right. Um. So it, it'll come. It'll come. But uh. But yeah. To answer your question, Windbound just looks. It just looks so cheery. Uh. It looks very much like a Breath of the Wild cross with Wind Waker, and then there's some survival elements to the game. It, it looks really good. I I really do want to play this one, and this will be one that I'm looking forward to um maybe not quite at launch but as soon to soon at launch uh as soon as soon as i can to launch that was a really awkward <laughs> sentence and it was really really <laughs> awkward me trying to fix that awkward sentence but uh but yeah this is a, a game i love survival mechanics um because of the announcement of um uh what is it uh subnautica coming to the Nintendo Switch. I checked out Subnautica on Xbox Game Pass and played a bunch of that where it's very much survival elements. You're you're collecting things to live uh, and then also to progress the story. And this one looks very much like that with a, a nice Zelda skin on it. So yeah, super looking forward to this one. Okay, the next thing that we are going to talk about is Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Lloyd, I know you've been trying to avoid stuff. Did you watch the panel from hell? I did. I okay. did. I, I'm like, okay, I, I, I want to play this game so much, and I watched the panel from hell. And uh, it looked like it was a tech, technical issues from hell on that panel, getting some things working. Uh, the, the COVID area that we're in right now, everything's happening remote. The internet doesn't always play nice, um, but they did a, a, as good a job as they could possibly do to get this event uh, happening. Uh, the game looks fantastic. That little... Um, uh, what was it? it? Intellect devourer, like the oh little gosh. moving brain thing. I'm just like, Whoa, that's disgusting. I want to play it. Um, and then the developers talked about how, yeah, we just threw this together really fast. Someone had an idea. They mocked it up. And within within a, a couple hours, we were playing it. And then we fleshed it out. And here it is in the game. And that just shows how good our engine is. And I'm like, oh, my God, I really, I, I really love this because that means that post-launch content could just be patched in uh, because it's super easy for them to add new stuff to the game and, and have it all play nice with the D&D rules that are governing every single part of the game. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited about this one. This was absolutely one of the grossest things that I have <laughs> ever seen. Um, I'm, You know what? I'm not going to tell you why it's gross. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It it's awesome, but man, mm-hmm. it was super gross. Um 
it was very surprising to me. Like I, I knew it would be, uh, you know, rated M for mature, but good God, that was really gore. Like it was worse than doom eternal as far as grossness goes, in my opinion. And it's probably just because of the detail and the things that they were doing in it. But man, I'm excited for this game. And we finally have our launch date uh, of uh, September 30th, 30th. Am I remember? Yeah, yeah, September 30th. Um, and then there was a little interview uh, with, um, uh, looks like Kirian Kelly, who's the project manager, product manager uh, for Larian Studios. Now, it's one of those those uh, interviews with the state. It's like an official Stadia interview. So most of the stuff is very, very canned. And and, and but but there was something in here that I liked a lot. Um, so here here's what uh, what I liked a lot. First off, that we finally got our, our the, well, that, you know, the early access is coming to Stadia the same day it's coming to uh, other platforms. I think that that's great. I'm happy about that. September 30th. Um, and then uh, the the interview asked, so why are you bringing it to Stadia? And this is a developer that understands, that that, that is saying exactly what Lloyd and I have been saying for, I don't know, 72 episodes. Um, and they said, why are you bringing it to Stadia? Here's what they said. For me, it's how low the barrier to entry is thanks to Stadia. One thing that I've noticed in the many years of seeing people play our RPGs for the first time is how easily the games click with them once they start playing. Some players don't own a powerful PC or the latest console, but we know from experience that new players just need to jump in to experience the world we've created and explore on their own to get hooked. With Stadia, Getting up and running in Baldur's Gate and exploring for yourself is a lot more accessible. And that right there is the reason that uh, Stadia is going to be uh, popular in the future. It's because of the accessibility. You know, not everybody wants to have a beefy PC rig. Not everybody wants to spend however much it's going to cost for one of these new consoles when they come out. But, you know, everybody's got a Chromebook or a, a crappy PC that they play on, that they that they use to pay their bills and stuff. And now they can also play games without spending hundreds of dollars on on just for the the privilege to pay more money for a game. So I think that that's uh, something that that is very, very important. So yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. We're, we're chatting in the chat in the chat room and it's like, oh, I don't like the fact that it's early access and that there's up to a year of early access. Um, early access is something that's been um, done on Steam for a while now, where a lot of games will release in early access and they will have a three month development cycle, six month development cycle, two year development cycle. And it's just a way for them to get some funding uh, in the middle of development or near the end of development mm -hmm. um, and then d directly interact with the users. Um, when you play an early access game, you obviously, uh, usually, not always, but the games I've played, there's a lot of times feedback right from within the app. So you can go to feedback and say, I just had a bug, this is what happened, or uh, this was too hard. Um, the best part is uh, during this event, they showed a heat map of yeah. um, uh, of one of their other early access titles, and they saw little red dots where everybody died. And they're like, okay, there's a huge red dot by this one boss. That's good. We wanted that to be a really hard battle. But there's enough red dots everywhere else that the game seems to be, um, it, it can kill you wherever you are, but it's not killing you just in the starting area. So people are exploring the whole game and, and dying there so it really allows them to tinker and fine-tune the game for the final uh pressed gold master uh put it in boxes and sell it in stores for consoles um version of the game so um a year of early access means that when the game launches you're going to get a slice of the content um and usually what happens with early access at least the ones that i've experienced is you get regular updates so they keep adding more content so i don't think we're just going to get that small slice of content for the next year i think they're gonna they're gonna do a couple feature uh releases um to give us more and more of the game um but 
yeah, it's just a way to help them develop this title um, by playing it and telling telling them what you like and what you don't like. And keep in mind, there's nothing that says that you have to buy early access. You can yep. wait until early access is over and buy the game at that point. Um, yes, this is a game that has multiplayer, but you don't have mm -hmm. to play a multiplayer. This is a game that you can have a lot of fun playing as a single. Like these kind of games are really good single player games. So I think it's perfectly reasonable for somebody to say, you know what? I'm not interested in early access. I'm going to wait. Uh, for me, no. early access is actually kind of um, I like I, I kind of like that idea. And for for me, the reason is, is because I have a very short attention span. And so <laughs> I can play the stuff. They I think they said that's about 20 hours of content is in early access when they launch on September 30th. I can play through that 20 hours. No problem. Uh, and right. then when suddenly there's more stuff. I can jump right back into the game and play more. And then when there's yep. more stuff, I can jump into the game and play more. And what happens to me most of the time is I buy a game that's like, I don't know, 200 hours of content. I play 20 hours, I get sick of it and move on to something else. Mm -hmm. And I think that that for me, I'm going to have an absolute blast. And, and keep in mind that Divinity, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 were both early access games. And those yep. games are fantastic because of it. So That's early right. access can be a really, really good thing for both the player and the developers and publishers. They can improve the game over time because of you. That's right. Yeah, it is it is fantastic. And the ability, like Bill just said, to play a game early, show the developers what is working, what isn't, means that the game at the end of this early access, um, I, I don't know, a trial period uh, is better for it because they they can see where people are dying, where which fights are too hard, who's using which skills. Um, maybe there's skills in the game that no one's using. So why? Why is that happening? Is it because we're not telling them that these skills exist or maybe they're not exciting or maybe some people have used them and said they're crap on some forum somewhere or on Reddit <laughs> somewhere. And so everyone's like, well, I'm, I'm going to min-max my character. I don't want to use that garbage. So it allows them to kind of see what the users are doing uh, and then carry on to the, the, the full game and make those changes. Because you can have as much testing as you want. You can have a thousand people testing your game in some sort of test suite, going through, uh, looking for bugs, fixing bugs, submitting bug reports, blah, 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 blah. But then you submit the game to the end user and they always find other things that aren't working or play the game a different way. Um, so this is going to be good for, for <laughs> or the they, game. Or they get stuck at a loading screen for 10 minutes. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's another thing that can happen. That is a good... Early access is good to get rid of problems just like that. All right, so now it's time for crowd play. This is where uh, Lloyd and I answer all of the questions uh, and comments that have come in through our super chats. And then if there's time at the end, which there probably won't be today, uh, the tweets and stuff like that. So let's let's take a look at the super chats that have come in. First off, we want to say thank you to Reese, Sergeant, and Grinoldi for becoming members. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Uh, Consino sent in a huge super chat of twenty dollars uh, with with no comment, but thank you very much for the support, Consino. Uh, you're awesome. And then Anthony Talcott sent in a super chat saying. I'm really happy at how many games are on Stadia, but I really want Google to talk more about updates to the platform. Where is Stadia heading? What do they want to implement next year, etc.? What are your thoughts? Uh, Lloyd, start us off, man. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I really I really do. Like we we, we chatted with um, with some of the PR reps a while ago, and the only complaint that I had is that, and it wasn't even a complaint, it was just more an observation. When you buy a new platform like PlayStation 4, when you buy a PlayStation 4, you know what the PlayStation 4 is. You've already known what the OS does, what all the features are, um, and then you can basically immediately grab that system and start playing it. Uh, Stadia is kind of like, these are all the things we have planned. And then we don't know when they are coming out. So having a roadmap 
having more more time spent talking about all that would be a, a really great thing. I, I I agree, Anthony. We need more of the platform updates. Uh, we need things like pre-orders. We need the ability for uh, for crowd choice and crowd play and streaming because we know it's coming. We know it's working. We know Mortal Kombat has it implemented for some people. Um, so we need to we need actual dates and stuff like that. And I'm sure all this stuff would have probably launched by now, but then COVID jumped in and, and wrecked it for everybody um, in the games industry. So hopefully uh, in not too long of a time from now, we will eventually be able to see all that stuff um, live on Stadia and play with it. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. I think you've covered everything really well. J.C. Hustle, I finally got his name right. J.C. Hustle 22 <laughs> sent in a super chat. They said, Stadia devs have to watch Stadia Cast. Do you agree or no? So, <clears throat> um, yes, we do know that there are people who work in the dev industry, dev industry, gaming industry. <laughs> what the hell? Um, Lloyd, you talk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there are people who make games and they watch our show. And the reason we know that is because those people have reached out to us on multiple occasions and leaked things to us that we've talked about on the show in the past. So yes, we do have devs that watch. And mm -hmm. um, for those devs, thank you for watching. And I hope that some of the things that we say about uh, come across less as criticisms and more as observations or hopes for uh, uh, for what you will do with this platform of which Lloyd and I are big fans. Yeah, yeah, we're we're uh, we're the types of consumers where we're honest. Um, I've been podcasting for since 2005, and I've always been honest with my um, listeners. I say if I like a game, uh, even if I get a review code, I'll say if I hate the game. Uh, I'll publish reviews where I say this game is is trash because of this. Uh, they could fix it with this. Um, and I, I I think that is. Um, I think the developers like that, uh, even though they don't like the criticisms, they like they like the honesty. Um, there's a lot of anger in uh, the YouTube community uh, on Stadia and other platforms where people come right out and they just they they put out 20 minute videos ranting about how how garbage everything is. Uh, we're, we're not those guys. And maybe developers like hearing a little more nuanced uh, conversations about what's good and what's bad about their titles. I will say this, if we were those guys, we'd make a lot more money. It's way yeah, that's... it's way more profitable to rant about stuff than it is to be more balanced and uh, even uh, with your criticisms and praise of a platform or a game or anything like that. So, um, that's right. you know, we don't do that. We don't play that game because we think it's more important to be honest with our audience than it is to make a big pile of cash. Uh, not to say that anybody who ever said anything bad about Stadia is only doing it because they are, they want a big pile of cash. Maybe that's really how they feel. I don't right. know. Yep. Yeah, it's it could be, I don't know, six of one, half a dozen of another, mm -hmm. I, I think, with this. But but yeah, I, I think I think that's um, a little little a snapshot or a little view into why some developers are chatting with us in private saying hey uh you got this wrong uh this is really what it is um please don't quote me <laughs> or yeah. yes this is coming you can let people know but just don't let it let let them know it came from us and I, I think developing the relationship with our listeners and then developers and 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 game um i don't know game game console uh, manufacturers but this isn't a console so i guess platform holders uh it's it's been really good for us because we we're honest whether things are good or bad you know that we're not just blowing smoke because we got a a, a review code of a game early yeah exactly uh reese Sargent sent in a, a super chat and they just they just became a member and then they did a super chat afterwards they said i'm not going to ask a question i just want to say cheers for all you both do with regards to stadia keep it going and all the best to both. Well, thank you very awesome. much, Reese. We appreciate Thanks, all of the support. And thank you to everybody who sent in uh, Super Chats or became members. Uh, it really does make making this show easier. Um, we really do appreciate it. You guys are fantastic. But hey, that looks like it's the end of the show. So uh, let's wrap everything up. Go can ahead, I, Lloyd. He's got one, a finger one... in the air. One more reply to the tweet that she sent out. Uh, it's from Granite T Rock. Oh um, yeah, this is 
this is uh, family sharing needs to come yesterday. I will likely get Spiritfarer on Switch because it has a single save game and no ability for the wife and I to play with separate instances from one purchase on Stadia. This makes the Switch version much more appealing. Yes, I agree a thousand percent. There's a lot of games on Stadia that I'd love my kids to play. I don't want them destroying my save game. So yeah, having family sharing that needs to launch right away. Uh, Google, you need to you need to put this at the top of the list because I think there's a lot of people that are buying content on other platforms just because they want to play. Um, there's multiple people in the house that want to play the game, um, and you can do that on other platforms um, without even thinking about it. So yeah, hopefully that will come really really soon. Yeah, and and you know it doesn't even. <sighs> It doesn't even have to be, I mean, look, family sharing would be the best way to do it, but it doesn't even have to be that. It can also just be more than one save slot. It drives me <laughs> yeah. crazy when games give you a single save slot in order to uh, to deal with, with your game. And, you know, you play on Nintendo Switch, that's not a big deal because you have multiple profiles. On yep. You know, same thing on, on PlayStation. Stadia doesn't have multiple profiles for your console because there yep. is no console. So every person in the house has different a different console, which is cool. But, you know, that family sharing absolutely needs to come sooner rather than later. And, you know, we do know that Google listens to our show. So, um, you know, keep telling them what you guys want because we will keep telling them what you guys want. And uh, then maybe what you guys want will become a reality. Uh, That's right. Let's get out of here. Let's uh, make sure everybody knows. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at StadiaCast. Uh, follow me at RunJumpStomp. And you can follow Lloyd at Dazme. Be sure to get a hold of us. Follow us because we tweet about stuff. Uh, join the StadiaCast Discord. Where there's a link in the description down below. Or just head on over to RunJumpStomp.com and you can find it. Uh, there you can also join Lloyd's Discord over at rezd.tv slash Discord. All the music that you heard throughout the show is all by Zircon. So thank you to them for allowing us to use their music on the show. Uh, you can find their stuff at zirconstudios.bandcamp.com. Lloyd, see you next time. Yeah, see you later, Bill. See everybody. Have a great week.